I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of... An Artemis! Hi, everybody. Welcome to In Search of an Argument. I'm Peg, and I'm here with my <laughs> other regular co-hosts, John, Jim, and Shelly. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. Peggy. Hey, we're bringing you a abbreviated version of the podcast. And I think it's our third episode of what we're calling Top of Mind, where we're just going to quickly discuss what we're thinking about. Not sure if we have the rules. Uh, do we have to raise our hands? Are we gonna Are we gonna do it quickly in the sense of like we're gonna speak quickly, or is it that we're going to be? Is how, in what way is it going to be quick? Well, it's just a shorter version of the podcast. Okay, that's what uh, I mean by quick. You You're right. Quick. Sorry, I'm yeah. not a not the right um, descriptive word. Makes sense. So, who wants to go first? John, what's top of your mind? I'm happy to go. I'm happy to go first. I mean, it's for me, it's the pandemic. I'm thinking about the pandemic. I have, I'm a little, you know, it's a little disheartening this weekend as the holiday season is beginning to come up, come quicker. Um, and, you know, I think just exhaustion of pandemic soloness and away from friends uh, and slightly more distant family is getting tiresome. I'm thinking more and more about getting together with people and ha was kind of hope thinking about this weekend, maybe doing some even socially distanced visits to some people for just, you know, some outdoor hellos and things. And honestly, given the status of things uh, in Illinois, they are as of Monday, they're, you know, everything is, you're, you're, they're being highly encouraged. It's one step short of a mandate, but it's, it's, they're highly encouraging us all to stay home and uh, not do anything. Uh, and, you know, I think honestly, by Monday or Tuesday, if the if the rate we've we've had the highest day, highest count infection rate totals every day for the last X number of days, and it just keeps growing. And if that keeps happening, it's going to be a mandate sooner than later. So I'm kind of like thinking about the pandemic and thinking about um, how absolutely ridiculous it is that we're in this position. And, um, uh, you know, I have a bunch of subsequent thoughts to that in terms of why and what's what this means uh, and and the implications of it. But honestly, for me, it's mainly just um, you, you can't be around. We can't not talk about the pandemic in this at this day and time. Peggy, your hand is up. You may speak. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Shelley. Peggy, um, you're the so, host. Well, <laughs> I was going to say my hand is up, so I'll go next. But what I was I actually have a comment <laughs> about what John just said in that I know I've mentioned on the podcast before that I feel like I'm, I've been doing quite well with the pandemic and um, have been luckier than a lot of people. And I really had a low point yesterday with the pandemic for all the mm. reasons that John uh, listed. And we had a quote unquote town hall meeting at work and it was so bleak. And I just felt the numbers were so bleak. The positive employees were so bleak. The the pleading with us to not celebrate Thanksgiving with anybody outside of your four walls of your home. And all of a sudden, yeah. and I was at home, I didn't go to work yesterday. I was working from home. I was just like, felt like, oh, this is so yeah. sad. And today yeah. I had a better day. So it just well, happens. 
I was mildly angry. I got into that whole I, I, that Joe Biden mentioning it's a dark, it's going to be a dark winter, and I don't know who pushed back, whether it was Trump or a whole series of other speakers or politicians who pushed back and said, "Oh, why is he why is he saying that? You shouldn't be saying that." And it just makes me sick to think that there are people out there who, when there is something that is like empirically, you know, shown to be hazardous terrible and dangerous they would prefer to like stay in some like mamby pamby sweetsy marketing universe of just positivity even if it's in the face of like like imminent death it's just so depressing to me and uh and i mean i that's why i'm like i don't need to be i i, I mean yes i want to be cheered up but i also want to hear the truth and it's and i i'm and i i really am put off by the fact that i know that there are a large number of people and it's not just i mean because I guess because of the number of people who voted for Trump, but I there 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 are a lot of people out there who just really really want to like bury their head in the sand and ostrich their way through existence. Shelley, you have your hand up. Yes, thank you. So I I while I agree with you, John, <laughs> I do think as a leader and personally being a leader of a team right now and being a leader in an organization and being, you know, Biden as the incoming leader, there's a very, very fine balance with expressing transparency with, with, with what's going on, but having to exude positivity and reassurance and hope because um, if a leader is exuding doom and gloom then it it brings down everybody and i feel like there has to be a very fine balance with so i think you know saying that this winter is going to be a dark winter you know everybody can interpret that in different ways but i i think just to push back a little bit i would like for him to be yeah, we're going through a tough time, but look, folks, we're going to get through this. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be a closer knit organization, you know, group, whatever country, you know, I think that's, you know, really all I needed to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I just, I, I, actually, I don't think it should. Go ahead, Jim. I think he actually has said that, Shelley. Yeah. I think that. Oh, well, that's fine. I just on don't. One listen. comment and there may be. Non yeah, when you got neutral, 280 characters. Non-neutral reasons why certain people choose to focus on that one comment. On the but one Biden aspect. Biden repeatedly it. said that, look, we can do this. We're, we're all in this together. We're going to get through this. Uh, the other thing I think that is important in terms of leadership is the current occupant of the Oval Office has, in the 10 days since the election, today was the first day he did any – any kind of acknowledgement or yeah. or even a, that there's this huge new wave of the of the pandemic he's been brooding and tweeting for 10 days whereas Biden who's not even in office yet has appointed a task force has been meeting with people has been trying to be active proactive about being able to hit the ground running on and I think that also conveys a message, which is, look, it's not that Joe Biden or anybody can prevent the pandemic from happening, but the idea that somebody is working on the problem, actively working on the problem and not just 
playing golf and brooding is, I think, also important in terms of the message it sends to people. All right. So who wants to go next? I will. So on <laughs> top of the- <laughs> Sorry. Like okay, all good hosts, Peggy <laughs> just jumps the lane. Like, <laughs> top of mind for me, and I'm doing almost literally top of mind, as I was driving home just now, I was thinking I should, I should get back into uh, snow skiing. I've really just yes. been not interested in it in the last few years. And the yes. couple times I've done it, I've been like, why do I do this? I'm cold. I feel like I'm going to commit suicide jumping off the chairlift. Across uh, country but, or it's, or it's just? Uh, downhill. Downhill. Oh, really? I just sold yeah. my skis. How it's expensive. <laughs> it seems like a sport for the rich. It's You got to travel. And then all of a sudden, I was just driving home and I was thinking, maybe I should start skiing again this winter. That's awesome. Well, it That's is the outdoors. most exciting thing I've heard. You do wear a mask. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> and uh, you probably don't give it in six feet of the other skiers. So it's all probably. Yeah. 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 Probably it sounds like a smart thing to do. I mean, the last time I did like it, I was like, this is fine. But I feel like I need to be in a gondola because I am suddenly afraid of heights. I do love cross country, and that's a good point, Shelley. Maybe I should just focus on that right here in the GR. Well, also the the is risk of injury at our tender age is much yep. less cross country than downhill. It's a shit ton cheaper. Yeah, but it's way less fun. <laughs> it's infinitely it is, less fun than downhill. I mean, there's I just agree. no comparison. It's better I'm exercise. Already, it's I better think cardio. About taking, yeah. Oh, for sure. Or the cross country is better. Cross, cross country. country. No comparison. It's way better That's what for your I heart. Would guess, but I have never been cross country or downhill skiing. Oh, downhill skiing is and such I a have joy. Such no a pleasure. Interest. And actually, when I ski in the Midwest, if I if I ever ski in the Midwest, Michigan often is the place where I go. Yeah, we've got some nice. Michigan's got some good ski areas. We do. Where do you go for being a flatland? I think it's to be close, but it's way overpriced. I mean, it's overpriced everywhere. It is. It's the same price if you go to like yeah to go to Colorado. It's Colorado Mountain, or if you go to right. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have to buy a plane ticket to go to Boyne. I mean, yeah, that's the only difference. That's the only difference. All right, who'd like to go next? Shelly, would you like to go or shall I go? Sure, I'll go. So uh, what's top of mind for me today and the last mm, three days, or actually longer, has been a bunch of family medical issues. So ranging from cancer scares to unknown GI things that have caused family members to go to ER to pregnancy um and to my nephew having covid uh oh. so it's like just like this super bad week <laughs> um, okay i have my hand sorry. up i have my hand up i can't give a lot of details so if you need oh, details it's gonna did. have to yes. it's gonna have to be offline because i can't yeah That's but i can i'll answer as much as i can okay like my number one question is offline is a good i idea. talk to you yeah. all the time Via text, Marco Polo, even phone calls. Why don't I know any of this? Uh, wow, that is. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to talk about it on Marco Polo. I'm more than willing to talk about it on a phone call. 
Um, and so some of it really. I think Peg is she do, she wanted to save it for Top of Mind. <laughs> then call me. Save it for then a public announcement. To I know, a but some of it really came to fruition like at five thirty today. Um, okay, that's so that's I, acceptable. Yeah, some of it was like, oh my god, please don't tell me one more thing about your family. Um, so yeah, so that it's just. So it is a dark winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a dark 2020, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, we knew that already. It's been a dark eight years. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> so well, that's I'm mine. Sorry. I'm okay, I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> I'm going to effing kill you offline. Excellent. Well, I do think it's interesting that you do that, how you, that phone, Peggy, the message there is only call Shelly and talk to her on the phone. Clearly, Marco Polo and messaging is like a vacuous cesspool of meaningless drivel that has nothing to do with reality. Well, I don't want to get into it. It is, but I should have reached out. I have called Shelly. In fact, I think I called her this week. Am I the. You called her a liar? Let me. Er, Peg and Shelly obviously have. A wonderful, beautiful friendship. But am I the only one who observes that Shelley has just said that there are people in her family who are potentially quite ill, and the conversation is focused on whether Shelley should apologize to Peg? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that seems to me to be somewhat off. out of whack. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is well it's true. You guys have your friendship. It obviously works very well. <laughs> and it's far be it from me to <laughs> criticize the mechanics of it. It was right. a very good point, Jim. Peggy's point is very good, too, because she knows that when I'm in deep, dire need, I immediately reach out to her and, and vent or seek her sage advice that. or just, like, talk me off a cliff or am I looking at this wrong and I haven't for this and I agree with you Jim you're right which is why when John said I'm sorry I immediately said I'm sorry too because I was like oh yeah I'm sorry but being in love doesn't mean we have to say <laughs> being in love so means you never have to say you're sorry <laughs> yes exactly That's the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> it is um, I agree but okay do you know we that uh, <laughs> that 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 of course came from the movie love story Yes, uh, yes which was O'Neal. directed in what year, by who, and what were they left-handed or right-handed, and what color <laughs> eyes did they have? Starring Ryan O'Neill and Ali McGraw, but what the story I was going to make is... I didn't ask about who was later, starring. Anybody could answer Peter that. Bogdanovich, I want to know who. Peter Bogdanovich made a movie called Got What's it. Up Doc with Ryan O'Neill and Barbara <sighs> Streisand, and at the end of the movie, one of them says to the other, Love means never having to say you're sorry. And the other one says, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It was a little joke about the fact that Ryan O'Neill had also been in love. Uh, oh, it was a dig I on like that. it. That is a serious inside joke. Four people got in your one of them. <laughs> you know, if you were a moviegoer in the early 70s, you got that because Love Story was pretty famous, both as a book and a movie. And that line was pretty famous. You're one Often of the few parody. people. Often parodied. You guys are just too young. You all were too young to experience. Okay, that's it. Fair enough. That Fair is enough. it. I mean, I'm older. I'll, I'll take it. Whenever so anyone says that, I say yes, regardless <laughs> exactly. of whether it's true no, or not. I mean, it's close. true. I mean, the oldest of you was about five, six years old when the movie What's Up Doc came out. Yeah. So, and about I saw it. I saw Love Story. Yeah, but not when it came out when you were when you were two or something, Peg. No, Peg, you were true. nostalgic as like a nine year old. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, she's so nostalgic, for sure. All right, I don't want to cut Shelly off because she has actually really... Not that John's stuff wasn't serious. Mine was no, not serious. No, we can serious, move on. Move but on. Does, do we want to move to Jim, or has he already had a couple thoughts uh, top of mind already? <laughs> We're moving to Jim. Okay, Jim. I guess you're saying you don't want to hear what's on the top of my mind. No, you've you've just we've heard some from you about some stuff. So I just wondered if you already expressed it. But get (laughs) let's hear it, Jim. That is not what's on the top of my mind. But if Peg, if you're tired of this and you want to wrap things up, I'm totally. Oh no, we have plenty of time. Plenty of time. She's reprising her prior comment about the what the definition of top of mind is. So anyway, um, that is it. The top of my mind is as follows, that um, uh, some of you may know that I like to listen to on Sirius XM radio that the decades channels, as in there's a 60s channel. 80s, 90s, 70s, 60s. I love it. And I like to listen to the countdowns that the 60s, 70s, and 80s channel do. The 70s channel every weekend does actually does a rebroadcast of one of Casey Kasem's weekly countdowns from the 70s and the 80s channel does a recreation of a week in the 80s using three of the four still living original mtv vjs and the 60s channel also does a recreation and so a couple of weeks ago the 60s channel did the top 40 from november 4th 1967 and uh uh once that's broadcast, it's also available on demand to Sirius XM listeners. So earlier today, I completed listening to that countdown for the fourth time because it's maybe my favorite countdown at all. It has some incredible range of songs from the 60s. It has a Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell duet. It has a Gladys Knight and the Pips version of I've Heard It Through the Grapevine. It has uh, the only American uh, top 40 charting for the great African singer Miriam Makeba. It has Dionne Warwick's version of I Say a Little Prayer for You. It has the letter by the Bach top. The doors are on there. Uh, and the, the number one song that particular week, which turned out to be the number one song for the entire year 1967, also happens to be my favorite song of all time, To Serve With Love by Luther. So that's what oh, Do they align these top one. 40, do they align these top 40s with like any historical other yeah, than? Yeah, well, it relates basically to the week. So like the if, same you're, week. Okay. if you're, it's not, yeah, I mean, the, the dates don't always match up, but for example, uh, w- they'll do ones this weekend that relate to the third or second or third week of November in one of the respective years from that decade. So two weeks ago, the 60s did 67. Last week, they did 66. Uh, The 80s last week was 1980, was beginning of November of 1980. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I I love it. I love the countdowns. So I think I heard that on uh, XM Radio 2, and I heard the song by Exile, I Want to Kiss You All Over. Not I in the 60s, kiss that would have been a 70s countdown, possibly. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think I heard again. the 70s one. And I I don't know if I've ever heard that song from the very beginning, and that is a jam. 
Oh, yeah. Till the night closes in. Yeah, and the whole intro, (laughs) the whole beginning musical intro is just groovy. I can't do that. I can't. Jam. That was a good tune. I can't sing that. Well, you know, since Jim Jim brought up serious. The second half of the 70s is not my favorite time for music, but. Yeah, too much. Disco. Well, Jim says you brought up serious FM. I, I I read an article in the I guess it was the Times about how maybe it was Wall Street Journal somewhere about how there's a there's a a war on between Sirius FM, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, Apple. They're fighting for the best podcasts and investing in them. So you guys mm-hmm. just wait till we get tapped. Yes, we are going to get tapped for sure. I'm Probably not sure. that way. If not, that's going to happen, John, <laughs> especially considering that there are approximately 350 million people in America, and I think all but two of them have their own podcast. You got to you now. You got to you got to target small ones. Actually, uh, Hillary Clinton's new one's a good one. She's pretty good. She sounds pretty good. And and I felt really good. They had because she has. I mean, who says no to Hillary Clinton? She had on some real hot shot. Um, the American uh, people said no to him. She had hot, some hotshot talking about the election and election night coverage. And what she said was special about election night coverage is exactly what I said about how I liked the fact that they went to that local hot guy in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> she said, well, she didn't yeah. say about the, the hot guy. I was going to say, did she, she say local that? Thing. Local hot guy yeah. Arizona. Yeah, it was Arizona. That's right, Arizona. So I, I remember better than you do where the local hot guys that you see. Are. Yeah, I remember. I know, Jim. It's Jim. It's why I keep you around. I know. Everybody has to have some function in life. Exactly. Uh, there is some discussion that Hillary Clinton might be appointed by President Biden to be the ambassador to the United Nations. I thought I thought uh, huh. the gay guy was going to get that. Um, Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. That's yeah, also that's a rumor I heard. What is that? What are those announcements coming out soon, huh? Uh, I think probably, from what I understand, not till uh, the beginning of December. Okay, because Biden has to negotiate with McConnell for approvals. Well, no, I don't think he's going to do that. At least not formally. I think he's does Trump be have to. All of the, uh, the cabinet members have to be approved, approved by, the by the Senate. But I think that he will be just cautious like the Supreme Court justices. <laughs> He's not going to raise. He's not going to appoint people that would. Or he's Bernie going to Sanders. try to avoid raising a, a ruckus by appointing people that are going <laughs> to tweak the tail, so to speak. Uh, yes. But I don't think he will formally do that because at this point, the Democrats at least have some hope of winning those Georgia special elections and controlling. Mm. Although Chuck Schumer should really shut up about it because. Him making a big national thing out of those elections is probably not going to help the Democrats. Hey, Chuck Schumer was in the photo where John Ossoff's nose was enlarged to try to <laughs> amplify the anti-Semitic yeah. rage. Well, Chuck really? <laughs> Seriously? Chuck yeah. I'm yeah. guessing he, that yeah. Chuck Schumer... Produce a pig, I think they man. should send Barack Obama down there to uh, campaign and maybe Kamala <laughs> Harris. But I'm guessing Chuck Schumer is not the winning guy. No, he's not the, the winning vote. No, so, for sure. Um, for sure. He should just hmm. keep his mouth shut. That's the general. <laughs> I think a lot of people should just keep their mouth shut, including me. No. I thought Peggy, you were going to say more and louder. Peggy, but that was nice of you not to do that. Not you. No, I just mean, I just think it's, uh, yeah. I agree that Ch- Chuck Schumer should keep his mouth closed. It's. Uh, I heard him soundbite today, and I was just like, just don't talk. 
<laughs> wait. So uh, they don't have to. He doesn't have to wait for Trump to uh, concede before he can appoint cabinet members. Well, I mean, officially, you can't. You they can't. They won't take office till Biden takes office. Now, in some time, in the past, sometimes the Senate would actually begin. The, the new Senate comes in on January third, which is you know two and a half weeks before the president comes in. So sometimes in the past, the new Senate would actually consider begin to con- the process of considering the nominations even before the president was nominated, more or less as a courtesy. I don't know whether that would be the case this time. But, but isn't the challenge is they have – What he would essentially say is I intend to appoint so-and-so to be secretary of state. So formally, they're not – they don't take the job. They could – he could appoint them on an acting basis while waiting for the Senate to act. And that may happen – if, in fact, the Republicans tried to hold up the nomination. And isn't the the holdup or the challenge is that the official, I don't know the right term, governing body hasn't said, yes, officially Biden has won, and then the okay. transfer of duties? There is no official duties. governing body. <laughs> but there's not a governing, but the there's, like a, there's like every a national something own, something. Every, every state has their own rules about how elections are certified. There is a rule that says that on presidential elections, electors have to be certified by each state no later than December 8th. But uh, there was a, I don't know, I read it somewhere that there's like the National Association of blah, blah, blahs that (laughs) makes some kind of statement to the effect that now it's official. Because, like, well, it, everything you look up says it's still not official. Well, it's not official officially. It doesn't become official until the Senate meets at the beginning of January and counts okay. the electoral votes. But the Electoral College actually meets in December. They don't actually meet as one group, but the, the electoral votes are actually cast in December. So... You know, what does it mean? Biden doesn't become president until noon on January 20th, okay? So what becomes official is, you know, you know, official. The United States also, by the way, has a very odd process compared to the rest of the world because most other countries do not have this three-month lag between the election right. and the new government taking office. Right, right, so, right. That's something to think about, that if there weren't this huge lag time between them, you could, you, you know, you could avoid some of these problems. Um, but whether there's any appetite to address that, I mean, I don't Jim, know. has there ever been a losing contender candidate of a major party who has not conceded or has not, I mean, you know, for the president given. of the United States? Yes. I don't know. I don't know if you go back to the 19th century, it wouldn't surprise me if there were some. But in modern times, that's certainly not the case. So it's um, never been. So, so if Trump just doesn't example, ever concede, let, let, it's going to get messy. Let's no. It's not. Why will it get messy? What will get messy? There's no process. There is a process. The electoral, the electors are chosen, and they cast their 
electors, and then they're counted when the Senate and the House convene in the beginning of January. There is a problem. What if there's legal action pending? That's that's and the court holds there, that. I up. mean, the chance. What what legal action that they're going to try to? I don't to know. One of these stupid fake lawsuits that Trump's filed. Yeah, well, I, it doesn't. So it sounds like, like there's two things that could happen. So no, we have to wait one for thing that can happen. Well, we have to. No, two. Trump could concede right now. But and acknowledge and ignite it. All, but let let me finish. Okay. And that and then and then there's acknowledgement that Biden is the winner. He's not the official winner until the Senate agrees that he is. But from an optics standpoint, right now, Biden's that's right. not that's the right. winner, that's right? right? So a, that's what I meant by it, the two. It's more or less about optics because a, a can one candidate conceding that doesn't have any legal, you know. No, but the outward Wait. appearance. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's all about optics. Look, it's about, you know, Trump being Trump because he's an asshole. And look, you know, obviously he's disappointed and upset. I think that's not unusual when somebody loses an election. But th let's just be clear that there are other candidates, not just Republicans, sometimes Democrats, we have lost close elections in the United States and have refused to concede. They aren't as high profile as being president of the United States, but it does happen sometimes. It's also yeah. true that, you know, uh, generally speaking, candidates for president in the United States, if you don't mind some ancient history, in 1960, there was a very close election, both in the pop. The popular vote in 1960 was much closer than it's turned out to be in this election. And the Electoral College was also close. And essentially, it came down to the fact that John Kennedy won both Illinois and Texas by very narrow margins. And those are the two states that essentially won him the Electoral College, sufficient number of electors. There is some reason to believe that in those two states in that particular election 60 years ago, there, there may have been some fraudulent activity. Uh, in those days, there was much, there was often less transparency about these things than there are now. Now, vote early, vote of often. Uh, there was some accusation that in the city of Chicago, there was some you know, essentially amounts to ballot box stuffing and also in certain parts of Texas, which is, of course, where Lyndon Johnson was from, who was Kennedy's vice president. Uh, and the, there was a team of people that presented to Nixon this possibility. And Nixon, who is not always known to be a gracious loser, said, no, it's not. It's too much to put the country through, even if we even if it has merit, it's, you know, it's still very probabilistic, and it's not worth putting the country through this this more so the, time. So the third possibility, though, is there's no concession yeah. speech. Um, I don't think there will ever be a concession speech in my opinion. But then automatically on January 20th, he's yeah. no longer president. There is, a, there is a little bit of a debate in circles in Washington. Will Trump actually show up to the inauguration? Because traditionally, the outgoing president, even if they were defeated in the election, shows up 
for the inauguration of the new president. To like hand over the baton or just yeah, it's, I mean, it's not, again, as it's a not courtesy. required by law. It's just it's part of the traditional ceremony. Um, this all stems from in 1800. Thomas Jefferson beat his erstwhile friend, John Adams, in a very bitter election. Very bitter. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite that, there was a amicable the first time in, in this country, and in many respects, the first time in the world that there was an actual amicable handing over of power by what, you know, essentially the highest ranked person in the land to another. And ever since then, that has been accomplished. Now, I can't guarantee that there was, I, I'm not enough of a scholar to know if every there were some bitter elections in the 19th century. There was a civil war in the 19th century. I don't know that all of them, everybody was gracious. But the tradition is that the outgoing president appears on the on the podium with the incoming president. And uh, <laughs> Peggy's raising her hand. Now she's aggressively waving her hand. I'm so maybe you want to let her jump in. Go ahead. Yes, I, I thank you. John, for noticing, and uh, Jim. You're the host, Peg. You can interrupt. Okay. I just want to say we're this is top of mind, so we're trying to keep it short. I was just answering questions. That I know, I know, I know, and you're doing a great job, and it's very interesting, but I think we have to stick to top of mind. Otherwise, we're going to have another uh, second podcast on our hands, so I think we need to wrap it up. So, Shelly, yeah, why don't you take us out? I think that's depth. a splendid idea. <laughs> Okay, so folks, that's all the time we have for this evening's Top of Mind. As always, we thank you for patiently listening to our Top of Mind and other topics that, we, that we rabbit hold into. <laughs> we <laughs> yes, as opposed to... <laughs> not um we want to a special thanks to a lot of editing that's probably going to take place by justin mullins not on um, this episode but that's all just right let it go jim it doesn't it. matter let it go <laughs> just and it ted and lean for the music uh if you like this podcast please help us it will help us enormously if you rate us in itunes uh write a review send us a voice memo Give us some suggestions, complaints, ideas. Um, we'd love that. Um, you can also um, check us out uh, by emailing us and doing all of In those things. In search of an argument at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you, John. Um, no be sure to join us again uh, for our regular full time span when we talk about um, some really cool things coming you up have next. have to be even more patient then because no <laughs> the next one is going to be super exciting i'm thrilled about the next one me too i am too thanks love that shelly <laughs> take care bye, bye.